Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to us by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. The United States CCA helps responsible Americans like you prepare for what happens before, during, and after an active act of lawful self-defense. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Plus, a USCCA membership is always risk-free with their 100% money-back bulletproof guarantee membership is truly an investment worth exploring click learn more below right now to activate your u.s concealed carry association membership click learn more right now and also one of the benefits of being a member you get their monthly concealed carry magazine and as a reminder the united states concealed carry association is not an insurance company a policy has been issued to the uscca by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Law Podcast. And many of you have heard me say um, quite a few times that the most important elected position in the United States of America School Board. And I think that recently we have come to understand and realize why I think the biggest, most important thing that came out of COVID, the most positive thing, was that all of a sudden parents were in the house with their kids and they finally realized something's not right here. And they got engaged, they got involved, they started showing up at school board meetings and they saw that there were people there that didn't believe that they had any right in what their kids were being taught. And thank God that they're pushing through this being labeled and designated as domestic terrorists and now we're seeing school boards being flipped, especially here in Texas and North Texas area. So right now we have a couple of young ladies who are out there running for school board in the Joshua Independent School District. That's kind of just south of Fort Worth down uh, I-35 West. And we are joined today at the Steadfast and Law Podcast by Angela Tolliver. Angela is a lifelong resident of Johnson County, Texas. She's a graduate of Burleson High School. I won't say what year because you never do that for a woman on air. And you'll beat me down. She taught home economics, family, and consumer science business for 22 years, 16 and a half years with Joshua Independent School District. And these are your words. I never felt like I could make my voice heard to administration as a teacher. I want to do everything I can to foster an environment for learning that makes teachers and students excited to be there. The classroom and the policies should be transparent and collaborative by including parents and community members in the process. I want to have an administration that nurtures teachers rather than throwing nonsensical requirements that prevent teachers from actually teaching because they're too busy jumping through hoops created by administrators who did very little classroom time. 
A hostile environment is not conducive to learning. A happy, overworked teacher is not the best for student outcomes. We're also joined by Georgia Wright Head. Georgia grew up just outside of Joshua, Texas, been married to her husband, Ben, her high school sweetheart, sweetheart for 37 years. They have two boys, Aaron, who is 37. He's married, and they are both, he and his wife, are pharmacists in Lafayette, Louisiana, and Robert, who is 21, who is a student at the LSU in Baton Rouge. You know, I just want to show you, that's uh, Tennessee orange, okay? <laughs> so a little SEC thing, folks, going on. But anyhow, uh, she has a, she graduated uh, from, she went to high public school system in Texas, Louisiana for 27 years, a master's in curriculum and instruction from LSU Shreveport, and a BS in vocational home economics education from Abilene Christian University. And of course, the uh, producer of our Steadfast and Law podcast is an Abilene Christian University graduate. She graduated from Joshua High School. I'm not going to say what year. Now, they are both members, her and her husband, of the Burleson Church of Christ, and they live on family land near to her parents, Carol and Maggie Clopton Wright. Now, when George and Ben moved back here to Texas in 2021, she became involved in local politics herself. Her first order of business was to campaign and defeat the Joshua Independent School District $97 million bond measure in May of 2022. Georgia also formed an SPAC and with the help of her mother, some friends, family and community members campaigned. JISD had the largest voter turnout in recent memory and the bond measure was defeated 60 to 40 percent. And while campaigning, many community members expressed concern about the local school district. Parents and teachers reached out and shared their stories over and over again. And Georgia was asked to consider a run for school board. And so it's great to have Angela and Georgia here with us at the Staff Action Law Podcast to talk about your vision in running for school board. So let's start off with you, Angela. What really has inspired you and what do you see as some of the critical issues there in the Joshua Independent School District? Well, since I taught there a, a big part of my teaching career, um, just seeing how teachers were overworked and not really just not respected and by the administration. And um, it was with students, it was always great. I mean, we had great relationships and, and the principals were always great, but the upper management seemed to not be as, you know, friendly to teachers and they, they didn't really seem to seek to understand mm -hmm. what would help a teacher be a better teacher. And they were always coming out with these programs that, oh, this is going to make you a better teacher and, and um, this continuous improvement uh, program was one I remember, but, and I think they still do it. Um, and it's a lot of extra work for the teacher that really has no benefit to the students. Yeah. I mean, on paper, it looks good. And that's what I found a lot was they want to look good on paper. And nothing else really matters. Yeah. Well, Georgia, how about yourself? You know, when people ask you to run for school board, what was their concern about the Joshua Independent School District? Um, well, like I said, when I was campaigning um, against the bond measure, just over and over again, I had story after story after story of some, some were teachers, some were current teachers, some were teachers who had been asked to leave. A lot of parents just coming in and saying, you know, we've got some issues here. And when the issues are pointed out, it's almost like, oh, we don't talk about that. You're being negative. You're attacking us. Um, 
we don't talk about these things. Let's sweep them under the rug. So kind of like what Angela was saying, it's like well, we always have to look good on paper. We always have to maintain this A rating, but there's families out here that are hurting. There are children that are afraid to go to school. The bullying problem has gotten um, really bad. Um, I've heard from teachers that are currently teaching there on several different campuses that there's not enough support from the upper levels of, of administration. So people were currently all the time coming to me and saying, would you please run? And of course I kept saying, no, that's not really what I'm looking to do. But um, I just had so many people asking me about it and I started praying about it. And I thought, I just, I feel, I really feel called and led to do this. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, there should, as a teacher myself and as a parent, as a mom, no child should fall through the cracks and be afraid to go to school. Yeah. Uh, no parent should be afraid to speak out about what's going on because the community, there's certain people in the community that it's almost like this public relations campaign going on where there's just certain things we don't talk about yeah. and you are not allowed to talk about this. And the fear of retaliation is real. I mean, I've probably had about 76 different families. I made a list that have reached out and said they're scared to talk out. They've pulled, there's 43 of them that have actually pulled their children out of school and said, but we don't want to go on record saying anything because they'll come after us. Now, what was the whole point of this $97 million bond measure in May of last year? Um, they said it was for, um, they needed a new elementary school, okay, and it was for property and stuff. Well, I found out we already owned property. Um, and there was just a lot of things that we felt was very bloated. The bond steering committee was handpicked. Mm -hmm. There was not a call put out to the residents. So I was visiting with, I have a lot of connections within my community, and I was visiting with the residents, and they said they never asked us if we wanted to be a part of this. So they handpicked. Um, a lot of their own people to be on that bond steering committee. Maybe a couple of fiscal conservatives were thrown on there for good measure to say, hey, look, we asked them and they're on there, you know. Um, but as far as just putting out a, a, a wide, throwing a wide net and say, hey, would you like to be on the bond steering committee? No, that didn't happen. So the community was not involved in the planning process. There were a lot of things in that bond that were not needed. Um, and so once the community figured it out, you know, they voted it down. Well, it's always about follow the money when it comes to education. Yes. And, you know, everyone believes we just throw more money at the thing, but it's really not about helping the teachers in the classroom and the kids. And, you know, I always tell folks that when I first retired from the Army uh, back in 2004, you know, I wanted to be a high school teacher. And I did that for one year, and then I volunteered to go back to Afghanistan <laughs> because I figured I'd be safer over there. But... Um, when you look at the, the Joshua ISD right now, the, the school board, what is the composition of the school board? Because I'm wondering if you're seeing the same thing that we're seeing in other places with all of this influx of new people that are moving in. And, of course, members on the left side, they run for city council, they run for school boards, and the next thing you know, your, your education is going off track, your local community is going off track. Are you all experiencing that in the Burleson Johnson, uh, Joshua ISD area? Yes. Yeah, Angela. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Um, our school board, long-term people. I mean, they've been in there for years, sometimes decades. Decades. Yeah. And you know, status quo, and and that's what they're worried about. And no new, like you said, lots of lots of new people in our area. But 
they're not represented and uh, I don't feel like and so the, the the problem is that new people come in and running for the positions that you have you know the old heads if we want to use it that way and they have gotten used and entrenched and they have the cronyism that you were just talking about where we're going to go out and pick the people that we want, want to be on this bond committee uh, because again they just want to pad their their own pockets in a way now, when you talk about, you know, A ratings and everything like that, is that the issue that you see there? Is the, is the, the system of education okay? Or are you starting to see some of these issues with cultural Marxism, CRT, or as they had here in the uh, Carroll ISD, they called it the Cultural Competency Action Plan. Is there a problem with curriculum and, and things that are happening inside the classroom? Um, they'll tell you no. They'll straight up tell you no, absolutely not. That thing, those these things are not in Joshua, absolutely not. But I have talked to enough teachers that are teaching there now and enough parents they are using something called the pass survey p-a-s-s -S, people mm -hmm. appraisal uh i don't remember the rest of the acronym but it is based on sel social oh social emotional learning yes. yeah and so it very much is there and of course um when you point it out they'll say well we have to um, educate the social and emotional aspects of the children if they don't feel loved and care about they can't learn well i'm a i've been in the classroom for almost 30 years i know that but any good teacher is going to do that anyway we're not talking about bringing in the castle aligned curriculum which is what they're doing um they're collecting data yeah. we have done a deep dive on the data collection and that data and the counselors and it's not the teachers and counselors fault because they really don't know um, they don't know what's happening to that data when the parents ask them they they actually don't know but if you go through and go through the vendors of these survey companies and read they are collecting data on your children and for mm -hmm. what end I mean you know oh we know for what end yeah yeah, because it, it is about how do they focus and target the indoctrination yes. to our kids and not the education. Now, you know, you talked about, you know, the whole thing, the angst between the administration and the mm -hmm. teachers. Do, do you have a strong superintendent that is telling the board what to do? Or do you have the board that's telling the superintendent and everybody what to do? I think uh, I know that there's an attorney group that tells that is very involved in everything. Um, the superintendent. Just, she just retired, um, so they have an interim right now. So um, we're there. There's a search for a for a new superintendent, um, but yeah, they they um, they're very top down in their approach to things. And I asked several of my teacher and administration administrator friends to you know give me some ideas of what's what what you want to see, and uh, across the board. We need support. We don't have any discipline support. We don't have time to plan. We don't have our parale uh, paralegals, paraprofessionals don't have the training they need and they're doing all this special ed uh, tasks and uh, just the support is just not there. Mm -hmm. And you have administrators that have no idea what's going on in the classroom and don't seem to care because they're not, yeah. you know, they come through with their official um, you know, evaluation walkthroughs and, you know, it's, they, they want a little dog and pony show and they're not really interested in what's really going on. Now, when you talk about Joshua ISD, and I'll ask you this, Angela, is it a small, medium, large uh, ISD? I mean, how many students? Or? Uh, I, medium? Probably. About 5,800. Yeah. Oh, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah, small to so medium. It's grown yes. a lot 
very quickly the last, you know, 10 years. Oh, sure. Like, and that's what I'm saying with all of the influx of people that are coming into the area. I mean, Burleson and that whole area south of Fort Worth is just absolutely exploding. And so you've got to have the, the education infrastructure that goes with that. So I'm going to ask both of you all the same question and see if y'all on sanction music or if you got a few other different things. But Okay, right now I just raved the magic wand. You won the school board election. What are the two priorities that you would have? Um, I think just listening to the teachers, you know, and saying, getting out there with the actual teachers um, and saying, hey, what is it that you need? What do you need from your administration building? Um, you know, what would you like to see us do more of and that kind of thing? So um, I how, think. How about yourself, Angela? Um, I think the, the biggest priority is to uh, make sure that the student-teacher ratio is lower. Um, we don't have to be at the top of that ratio. I think we could solve all the education problems if we just had a lower student-teacher ratio and let the teachers teach. They know their students. They know what they need. They, If they can be trusted and not micromanaged, um, I think everything would be fixed. <laughs> now, when you guys look at the, the Texas standard you know testing system are you guys supportive of that you i saw angela rolling her eyes so i guess i got the answer there so angela i'll go to you on that you know what do you think about this standardized testing system that, that we have here in texas i personally think it's a racket i think somebody's pockets are being lined and uh, the high stakes testing is absolutely not the thing that needs to be done a standardized test at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year to as for diagnostic purchase. Yeah, that is good. I mean, because you need to know where they are. Yeah. But when you make it, I mean, I've had students that literally cried and were sick and just just a mess because of these tests because they're they're not good test takers or it's not that they didn't know the information necessarily. It's it's just that tests are just stressful and you know they may have had a parent you know knock them around that morning or or whatever mm -hmm. yell at them or what they may that that particular day and it and it's it's just it, it i i don't like it at all you know one of the things because we had the florida comprehensive assessment test when that one year i was a teacher and we, what we found was that p teachers start teaching toward a test yes. You know, and, and education is no longer functional. I mean, do you see some of that down in the Joshua ISD also? Yes. Actually, I've heard of teachers just actually, you know, share that, hey, we're not even teaching science this year in our grade because they're not being te tested on science. So yeah. the kids aren't learning what they need to learn, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think back to what Angela said, the vendors, the people that are, it's like, again, in education, follow the money. Mm -hmm. I have had the privilege the, over the last year to work real closely with some of the um, representatives and senators in Austin and just watching, you know, how some of these contracts are awarded to testing vendors, you know, mm -hmm. um, Pearson Company, just companies like that. They're the ones making big bucks off of this you know they're the ones benefiting not our kids 
So I think we need to dig a little bit more deeply in that, hold TEA more accountable, the Texas Education oh, Agency, yeah. Yeah. more accountable for what they're allowing to go on in our classrooms due to, let's see who's making the money and which ones of the commissioner's um, crony friends are getting the contracts. Now, when you talk about the State Board of Education, uh, do y'all have a good relationship with your State Board of Education representative there in Joshua ISD? We do. Yeah, yeah. Pat Hardy is the mm -hmm. one I met, and uh, and she was very supportive and and uh, encouraged me to run because I I was debating because I am uh, the state testing. Uh, I don't want. I don't like that. Um, I was thinking state board of education, but I've never been in politics or anything like that. So I thought, you know. Well, you start. start you start here, and maybe yeah, you go on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think that's a critical thing. Is that you know, is politics or political offices, I put it that way, is much the same as in baseball, where you have a single A, double A, triple A, and then the major leagues. And so we don't focus a lot at the single A level, which is your city council and school boards, and maybe county commissions as well. But that's how you build a farm team. And you start to build that group of individuals that you can funnel up to the next level, the double A level. So that could be State Board of Education or be down at the Texas Education Administration where you don't find people with teaching backgrounds. Uh, you just found, you know, you know, uh, bureaucrats and also, you know, vendors who are pushing things out there that you really don't need. So what do you see as your biggest challenge? Is this an open seat? Are you running against others? What is your biggest challenge to you getting to win this position on the school board there for Joshua ISD? Um, well, our seats are, they're like um, open. I mean, like <clears throat> we don't have spe specified districts, you know, oh, okay. within. So they're open seats and there are two available right now. So Angela and I are each running against an incumbent and both of our incumbents have been on the board, like Angela was saying, for decades, literally for years and years and years. So they are entrenched. They are, they, um, each family has buildings on the campuses or, or, or campuses named after their families. And, um, you know, a long, very, very good positive history, but the people in the community are ready for something different. So. Um, Same yeah. for you. Yeah. And just getting people out to vote. I mean, I was really surprised to find out that on a normal, um, election 700 people oh no it, it is it is the most horrible thing like i say is the most important elected position that has the least amount of voter participation right. and so to the audience out there that that you're going to share this with what's your final message what's your you know like you said what's your closing argument angela why should people vote for you and the joshua independent school and also tell us when is the uh, the election Okay, the early voting is April 24th yes. through May the 2nd, and then uh, election day is May the 6th. And then um, I, have a, I have a survey online that I'd like to get people to fill out so that I know what the community wants, because I do want to be a representative, you know, of, of the community. And how do they go to that um, online? The link is on my website. It's just my name, AngelaTolliver.com, okay. and two L's in Tolliver. And why should people vote for Angela Toller? Because I know what it's like to be in, as teacher. I am a taxpayer in the district, and um, and I want to help teachers because I think that's the key. Is if teachers who are able to teach 
make you know make them happy make them love their jobs and and they're, they're just not loving their jobs anymore and that's 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 my big goal okay georgia okay same thing my website is georgia right with the w head at um dot com and um kind of the same thing angela said just get out there and vote um i want to be this is something we're noticing of our school board right now it's being mostly run by a legal firm um, the school board heavily relies on a legal firm, and our representatives are not representing the community members who elected them. I will be a representative of the people who elect me. I will listen to them, the taxpayers and stakeholders, the parents and the teachers, of course. And again, me being a teacher for my whole career, um, I know what it's like to be in that classroom. I know what, you know, I, will, I want to listen to the teachers and, like Angela said, make them happy because we have happy teachers that are able to do their jobs and an administration that is looking out for the teachers. I think it's going to be the best thing. But just being a representative for the people who elect me. Well, it seems like you guys want to set the conditions for the success of the teachers and the students. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, and I don't believe that a law firm should be running you know, an independent school district, that those are unelected bureaucrats. Uh, and again, you follow the money and, and uh, you know, how they benefiting from there. And I've never liked cronyism. So there has to be an infusion of new blood. And I think that Angela Tolliver and also Georgia right here could be that infusion of new blood. So you have the steadfast and loyal seal of approval. And so uh, go out there and do well in the Joshua Independent School District race. And please, people, get out there and vote, and not just here in the Joshua Independent School District, but all across the state of Texas, all across the United States of America. Let's get back in there and win back these school boards and these school districts so that we can do what is right for our children, that they are getting a good quality education, which opens the doors of opportunity for them instead of giving them this indoctrination of an ideology that can be very negative and adverse for their growth. So Angela Tolliver, again, thank you. And Georgia Wrighthead, thank you for joining us here at the Steadfast and Law Podcast. And good luck and God's blessings. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sharing your time with us here at the Steadfast and Law Podcast. We want to thank Georgia Wrighthead and Angela Tolliver, two candidates for the Joshua, Texas Independent School District for joining us. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. And also click that like button and click it a lot. Until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down. Before they burn it down